0: hello everyone welcome to the triangles meditation group today is june 13th 2022 and we'd like to begin as we do each week with a brief moment of silence followed by a sounding of the noontime recollection so let's link with the worldwide triangles network We know, O Lord of life and love, about the need. Touch our hearts anew with love, that we too may love
1: and give.
0: So we do have an abundant opportunity at this time in the annual cycle to follow that injunction of the Christs to love and give in this lead-up, these three days leading up to the Gemini Festival, which occurs tomorrow morning in New York at 7.51 a.m. And so you can adjust it for your time zone and hopefully as many of us as possible can be linking up in consciousness at that time, making our alignment with the subjective center of love and light and sound the great invocation and as we do so we provide a means whereby all of the outpouring of prayers and meditations that are issuing forth at this time throughout the world can be directed by this group by those who stand within the heart center of the new group of world servers lifting the cry of humanity to that heart center and then through the christ himself the energies are lifted to shambhala and a great influx of light love and the will to good can pour throughout the etheric network and into all open hearts and minds so it's a like a great opportunity for us as triangles workers to come together and participate in that vast meditative alignment which we know is going on at all times within our planet but there is a particularly powerful influx of love and light during this culminating festival of the higher interlude period so i just wanted to ask michael to place into the chat box for anyone who might like to cooperate in promoting the great invocation and world invocation day to distribute through social media through their friends on facebook and their email contacts um, the two videos that we have as well as a link to the World Invocation Day website that gives information for people. So it's a a means of outreach and it's only through the collective aid of all of you that this great opportunity can be shed abroad. So we appreciate um, your cooperating with us. And then after our meditation today, we will have a group of us um, a group who will be sharing a few thoughts on the great invocation what it means to them how they use it perhaps um, and on world invocation day and so we all have in that group Maya Costley, michael galloway eduardo grimalia clarence harvey christina kosmodaki michelle pineda Emmanuel Sacrafeo. So we really look forward to um, a sharing of ideas and after that we're going to open it up to those of you who would like to preferably share audibly any of your thoughts on The Great Invocation as we did um, about a month ago but we wanted to revisit it as this preparation for World Invocation Day. So we look forward to hearing from all of you. And I believe that's all of the announcements. We also now will work with our visualization.
1: Let's visualize the planet as a sphere of lighted energy.
0: and visualize within that sphere a triangle made up of the three primary planetary centers, Shambhala, hierarchy,
1: and humanity.
0: Visualize these energies as three spheres moving around the triangle in all directions and filling it with light. Superimpose upon that triangle a five-pointed indigo star, the star of the world teacher, linking east and west, past and future radiating the energy of love-wisdom.
1: At each point
0: of the star stands an outpost of his consciousness, the five planetary centers. Visualize the energies radiating forth from the center through the five points of the star.
1: London. Darjeeling. New York, Geneva, Tokyo.
0: Visualize these outpouring energies enlivening small groups gathering everywhere, aiding them to focus and direct the energies into the consciousness of all humanity, solving its problems, creating right human relations, restoring peace on earth.
1: Project a rainbow bridge towards the hierarchy and sound the mantra.
0: Radiance we are in power. We stand forever with our hands stretched out, linking the heavens and the earth, the inner world of meaning and the subtle world of glamor. reach into the light I also forgot to mention that tonight at 6 p.m. we will be holding our Festival of Gemini here at New York headquarters. So we hope that as many of you as possible can join us for that event. So we're approaching this, as I said, this culminating festival, Festival of Gemini, a great second ray energy in pouring into our life, planetary life, focalizing through the Christ, the great second ray Lord. And this is a depiction of the great second ray star of Sirius, and in a certain sense, this festival is very linked with that great star of sensitivity. So we can just hold that in our minds because it greatly augments the in-pouring energy of the second ray, the ray of the Christ. And as we've been focusing upon in the three Arcane School conferences, which many of you have probably been able to attend, we've been focusing on the light supernal. And surely this influx of this rarefied light finds its highest point perhaps in the annual cycle of in-pouring energies at this Gemini festival. And so we're really um, in that full tide right now. We're standing in our way as outposts of that energy in our environment. And we're told that the Christ himself stands as a lens through which that rarefied light pours into our planet. And of course, we and he use the Great Invocation as a means of uh, channeling and distributing that light supernal. So the Invocation, we know, becomes its perfect vehicle. It's to the extent that we begin to use it in group formation, standing with the Christ and the united hierarchy, we become outposts of that energy. And it's a seventh ray mantra. It's a seventh ray energy that is also working out in our world as we enter into the Aquarian age. And so it was very interesting to me to hear a comment made at yesterday's um, London conference about the seventh ray being a ray of interlude. And that really struck a chord with me Um, an understanding of the bridging nature of this entire Aquarian age and the bridging nature of this Aquarian seventh-ray, second-ray Christ that is preparing to reappear before humanity. Such a bridging energy is so needed in our world, bridging between all the many divides. Um, And this festival we know is also called The festival of unification so we can focus on that seventh ray energy and what it means for our planet as we work in preparation for this exact time of the full moon and in recognition of that we know that the invocation itself is a superlative means of bringing about the unification of the three planetary centers—that's perhaps its primary focus. For the first time in planetary history, we're told that these three centers are beginning to come into a three-way interconnectedness and alignment, which is bringing the energy of Shambhala right down into humanity, and humanity and the actions that we take is being are being lifted up. and having an impact on that highest center. So at this time of the festival of humanity, the festival of the living Christ, um, we know that we are stimulated. We as a kingdom, the third point in the triangle are stimulated to help cement, we might say, that interrelationship through our use of the great invocation So I just wanted to um, paraphrase a brief passage from the teachings, which is called The Direction of Ray Seven, because I think it gives us a really powerful um, insight into the potency of the seventh ray. And the Tibetan paints a scene from an ancient archival teaching of a man sitting under a teetering arch between two rooms and he's facing towards the room that's full of movement, activity, chaos without any form, a room of work, but work that has no true objective. And then this man has his back um, to another room, a room which is one of life, light and power a room of stillness, which has purpose, beauty, which is space. And his back was towards this room and he knew it not. And this man had been sitting under this arch for ages, trying to figure out how to rearrange the chaos of the room that he was facing so that its beauty might shine forth, that harmony would appear but he had no success. Then as that man sat there, he sensed something above his head and behind his back. And then within the room of ordered beauty, a magnet vast began to oscillate. The magnet turned him round until he faced the other room, which had been unseen before. And then the passage goes, then through the center of his heart, the magnet poured its force attractive. The magnet poured its force repulsive. It reduced the chaos until its forms no longer could be seen. Some aspects of a beauty unrevealed before emerged and from the room a light shone forth and by its powers and life forced the magician to move forward into light and leave the arch of peril. And in a way, this passage said to me that the beauty of our world is here, hiding perhaps, but for those who have eyes to see, it's beginning to be revealed and the great vocation and the magnetization which the Christ can bring through distributing the light supernal into our world can begin for all humanity to reveal the underlying beauty and synthesis and to reestablish an order in our world. So I just wanted to close with a very interesting, I guess we would call it a prayer, um, that Alice Bailey received in June 1949 and it was reprinted in an issue of the beacon many years ago it's a very powerful prayer and michael will share it in the chat for those of you who might want to use it particularly at this june full moon it's called thoughts on the reappearance of the christ and its other title is i stand and wait I stand and wait the one who loves all men and things. I stand and wait with mind upon the will of God and heart wrapped up in love of all mankind. Around me also wait the many sons of men who, aeon after aeon, have found the hard and thorny way which leads into the presence of the one who ever holds the light. They know the hour has come, but wait the rising call which day by day is gathering force out of humanity's distress, men's need and agony. Attentive also to another rising call, the center where the will of God is known, also waits a summons from the Christ and his united servers the forces of the light. The planet stands arrayed, watching and waiting for the crisis point of men. The hour has struck. Each year, at my full moon, a note sounds forth and rings around the earth, meeting response from those who know me well, the one they serve in self-forgetfulness, with confidence and with surety in the plan. To them goes forth the message from myself, not from a master, but from the one who in wisdom and in love presides over the plans of hierarchy and the work of those who love their fellow men. I say, keep close in touch with me and with the master who surveys your life. With us are found the forces of the living light and love which you must use. Keep close to us and day by day, draw on that strength and knowledge which we have and which is also yours. Let not disturb the acquiescent calm which keeps you close in touch, which brings you light and understanding and keeps you steadfast on the way. We know that you are there serving and struggling, learning how to work, and dealing with the plans which will prepare my way. Knowledge will come of how to work and where to find the men whose hallmark of divinity is clearly seen in the way they love their fellow men. They are the ones we need, and they are the ones who can prepare my way. Keep close to men and see within mankind the working of the plan which will bring us to the outer realm of life. I stand in readiness, and so do those who love and serve the plan. They stand with me in ordered ranks, waiting the call to come. Say to mankind, the time is ripe, the hour is come, the Christ is on his way. Nearer he comes, and those who walk that way with him have lived and suffered and have left behind that which you now endure. But we have not left the sons of men behind. We now return to bring to you light and life and peace, a peace which now can be, because goodwill is largely mankind's inner urge. Thus will be brought full glory to the greatest one whom I and you and all men serve, even though they know it not. The path which I must tread to reach your place is one of light. It's quality goodwill, and it is almost ready for my feet. Work on. Failure is not for you. I come.
1: So let's now work in our meditation.
0: coming together as a group, standing at the center of the evened arm clause of discipleship on the mental plane,
1: linking in thought as a soul, as a point of love and light with all people throughout the world who are working in this triangle's meditation group.
0: We project a bridge of light towards the highest center and sound the affirmation of the will. In the center of the will of God I stand. Nought shall deflect my will from his. I implement that will by love. I turn towards the field of service. I, the triangle divine, work out that will within the square and serve my fellow men. Using the creative imagination, link with two other points of light to create a triangle of light. Visualize the energies of love, light, and goodwill circulating in and around the triangle's network. Visualize these energies unifying and eliminating all divisions within humanity healing and transforming human consciousness and establishing right human
1: relationships. link again with the spiritual hierarchy as we sound the mantra of unification
0: the sons of men are one and i am one with them i seek to love not hate i seek to serve and not exact due service i seek to heal Let inner union demonstrate and outer cleavages be gone. Let love prevail,
1: let all people love. Visualize
0: the whole planet alight with triangles and see new triangles being formed everywhere. Thank you everyone. And so now could ask the co-hosts to unmute their microphones and we'll begin our sharing with Emmanuel.
2: Hello. Hello Emmanuel. As we have been told, there's a great connection between the great invocation and the seventh ray in June of 1945, the great invocation was given to humanity. It is 77 years today, 70 years and seven years and multiples of seven years come under the jurisdiction of the seventh ray. One way, among many who appreciate the potency and the timeliness of the great invocation is through the lens of the qualities of the seventh Ray Lord. Talking about this Ray Lord, the Tibetan has said that this Ray Lord we inaugurate group relationship, group interaction, leadership by group. And he says in esoteric psychology, volume two, that this is the major task today of the seventh-ray disciple. It is a group activity that he or she is involved in. It says, the disciple during the seventh-ray Lord reign must speak those words of power, which are a group word and embody the group aspiration in an organized movement. This is a movement 77 years ago, some disciples started using the great vocation. Now it's use is worldwide. He said it to be noted that is distinct from organizations. It's a striking instance of the use of such a word of power Been enunciated by a group has lately been given in the great invocation, which has been used with marked effect. It should continue to be used for it is the inaugurating mantra of the incoming seventh ray. He goes on to say, this is the first time such a mantra has been brought to the attention of humanity. The Christ we have been told uses the great invocation. It is an interesting piece of information to know that we use the great invocation and the Christ also uses the great invocation. The Tibetan also says, if it is true that there is only one substance and one spirit, if it is true that matter is spirit at the lowest point of its cyclic activity and spirit is matter at its highest, then the ray of ceremonial order or ritual is but an expression of its polar opposite, the first ray of will and power. It is the same expression of potency under another aspect. Says the power or will of God expresses itself through organized processes of the seventh ray. The geometrical faculty of the universal mind finds its most material perfection on the physical or seventh plane by working through the seventh way. It goes on to say, this is why in this present period of transition, the Lord of the seventh ray is taking over the control of affairs and the ordered working out of the plan. So as eventually to restore stability to the planet and give the incoming Aquarian influences a stable and extended field in which to work. We are in propitious times. And. Our recognition. Is crucial to the degree to which we can make sacrifice. Today, an ashramic triangle of the second ray, the first ray, that is Master Maurice ashram, Master Kutumi's ashram, and the Tibetan ashram are a focal point of the energy that is pouring through the seventh ray to the world. And daily as we say, the great invocation, we should make every effort to realize the degree to which we are actually practicing magical work. And this magical work is to approximate, conditions in the threefold world to the patterns of things above, so that as above, so below and that will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And what makes all this possible is the great invocation, the inaugurating mantra of the seventh ray. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Kathy,
3: for a wonderful introduction. And thank you, Manuel, for your words, too. Uh, so many ideas come to my mind as I, as I think about this powerful ancient mantra, the great invocation. And I find it particularly interesting that what, what we have received as a great invocation is the closest possible translation into modern language of an age old invocation consisting, as we are told in seven ancient word forms, the origin of which exceeds our understanding. Isn't it fascinating? Mm. Behind the the great invocation lies the power and strength of millennia, not the whole hierarchy. Mm. Now, We have learned to use it at the close of our meditation work as a powerful and I would dare say scientific method of distribution of the generated energy through the great invocation of thought forms created during the meditation are charged with magnetic power so to say and I was thinking that throughout history great mantras have had that closing function And I thought of an analogy just as a musical closing section or coda, so-called affirms, stabilizes and confirms all thought forms and ideas worked with, thus affirming a tonal center, as if saying that from that center we have never moved. And one example I can think of now is the word shanti or peace in Sanskrit, Repeated three times and followed by Om, as we find at the end of the Upanishads. But there's so much more to it that is revealed when we begin to wonder what we are taking part of as we use the great invocation with true intent. In in the midst of a deep human crisis and deep indeed, we may feel tempted to disregard the yet invisible, though undeniable effect of the invocative power. I think it is important that we realize that many things happen on higher levels, which we may not be aware of. And the very preparation for the externalization of the hierarchy is a powerful thought, even sometimes overwhelming to our minds, but indeed our first and greatest duty as disciples and training. But we may also wonder what kind of lives a truly massed intent could reach mm. using the great invocation as a voiced demand and a firm belief as we are told. I, I think you remember, Kathy, that Tibetans even speaks about great beings who dwell in realms far removed from our planetary life, In these realms amassed spiritual purpose of vast numbers of human beings can be far-reaching enough to pierce. This, I think, sheds some light on our task of teaching humanity on a large scale to repeatedly use this invocation until it becomes a world prayer by using it as many times a day as we can with mental intensity and, I would say, fiery purpose. We help create a clear-cut thought form, which will eventually make the masses adopt it as a prayer. And well, this invocation serves to anchor energies in the human kingdom. And as you said, it helps bring the kingdom of God to Earth, because as Kathy and Emmanuel said, uh, The the great invocation has the energy of the seventh ray, that ray of ritual and magic, which has a strong impact on this physical plane. And we should not forget that this task goes hand in hand with supporting the work of triangles, as we know. Thank you. Thank you. Hi, Kathy,
0: it's Michelle. Hi, Michelle.
4: Hi. Those are great words by Emmanuel and Eduardo. Um, my thoughts on the Great Invocation is, as I see it, as uh, the grace of God, um, a gift from the Christ. Because as I understand, as uh, for the first time in human history, that there has been a formula that's been made aware to humanity, that accelerates the human, uh, that accelerates the evolution of humanity into the new age, which is the Aquarian age. And also as it relates to the uh, seventh ray, um, which is the implementation of the divinity with, you know, on the etheric plane, which is the seventh plane. Um, so when, when I think of the gratification and uh, the three powerful words of light, love and power, um, I think of the three fires uh, that are spoken of, and actually the book of uh, the Treatise on Cosmic Fire is all about those three fires. So I think of the, the fire friction, which expresses light in the mantram, uh, the solar fire, which expresses love in the mantram, and then electric fire, uh, which uh, relates to uh, power within that mantram. And just to share some imagery that um, I've been having over the last three months or so relates to how these fires or how light, love, and power have been moving through the, the various planes of humanity, actually the three planes of humanity, which are the mental, the astral, and the physical, and how uh, these fires are, in many respects, burning the dross, the illusions, the glamours. Um, Of this material world and starting to um, show the light and love of the Christ and is preparatory for for his coming. So uh, in this imagery that I had, um, just in summary, um, you have a circle and in the circle there's a point of light which um, expresses the will aspect and as you move through the circle, you can see that will um, just penetrating the, the various planes of nature. And up until a certain point, you, you see that will working out. Um, however, there comes a point where at barriers hits and uh, that will aspect or that fire aspect, as I see as the uh, fire by friction, uh, is unable to penetrate uh, that that astral barrier. And it's at that point where the solar solar fire comes in and is is able uh, to burn the dross that is that barrier. And it was interesting that it was during the time of the Wessex festival of of the Buddha, um, that the uh, fire was able to penetrate that barrier and actually dissolve uh, those, um, uh, those forces there. And then the uh, the imagery continues on, where you see the solar fire doing its work, and then it hits another barrier, the solar fire, which is crystallized form. Um, and at that point, it's the solar fire is unable to penetrate uh, that particular barrier, and, and that's when the electric fire uh, is brought into being and and shatters. Um, that particular barrier with one bolt of lightning. So you have the will aspect um, that is working out um, with the, you know, with the uh, shedding of these particular glamours. So so I just wanted to share that imagery that I've been having and how that aligns with uh, light, love and power, the triangle um, working out uh, in
1: humanity.
0: Thank you. You're Michelle. welcome. Who would like to share next?
1: I can go if you'd like, Kathy. Can you hear me sure. okay?
0: Mm-hmm.
5: So I don't, I just wanted to share sort of a really sort of simple experience that I've had over, over the last many years with the Great Education. I've been meditating myself for over a decade, since my early 20s, and in the Arcane School for some time, um, and using the Triangles meditation as well, about the same amount of time. And I've always found in meditation, probably almost always, that the mantras, or when I use mantras, I've always found it very distracting almost as if it breaks a sort of subjective connection that I worked so hard to establish. And in the Triangle's work, and also in the meditations we do in the Arcane School, we do use mantras, and we always close with the great education. And so I've used those over many years, and it's taken me a very long time to sort of get over the fact that the sort of separation between the subjective part of the meditation and this very sort of mundane use of words, what always feels like so many words to really say, you know, what Eduardo highlighted is really just seven great word symbols. And even beyond that really just seven, you know, even beyond that really has like one cohesive meaning or note in a way as well. You could probably think of it as having sort of one, being itself one statement, one invocative act. And so, in contemplating, you know, why why is this uh, sort of annoyance with the words, you know, there or sort of dislike of of using of voicing mantras in meditation, and, and I think after some reflection that it's it's because there's a sense, I think, of something so powerful, something so beyond the mundane, beyond the three worlds, beyond the personality, beyond all of that, which is sort of Separative or, 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 unholy in any way. A sense of that, and then a sense of, I guess, just the words themselves or the forms, in a way, being so empty, You're not quite really living up to that sort of high, high stature which we you know that invocation and also many other mantras represent. And I realize also this is, you know, a basic glamour you know, the sense of sort of inadequacy or being unable to bridge the gap between those two things in a way just draws, you know, creates a barrier of separation. So that's, you know, personally speaking, a glamour that has to be overcome in myself, but the whole point of sort of explaining this is the realization that I came to through all of this is that the power of the great invocation especially is not in the power of one individual using it it's really a, a group mantrum. and it's to focus the invocative appeal of humanity as a group for more light love and goodwill and so I think as we use the great invocation and especially during this time of the year it's important to really reflect on what does it mean to to work as a group to sound a mantra as a group and to, I guess, have faith that the sounding of those words, when we are linked up with that inner source of of soul, that spiritual self, and when we strive to bring that spiritual self to bear on all of our daily life thoughts, relationships, interactions with others, that effort to bring the soul forth, is what will enable us to sound the invocation with the requisite power it needs to to do its work and to evoke those higher spiritual potencies. It's not up to us necessarily to, to wield the higher potencies, but rather to be that sort of mediating principle whereby they can make themselves
1: expressed.
6: Thank you, thank you, Michael. Yeah, wow. <laughs> um, the, the, some of the thoughts and, and the information that has been shared today, uh, they, they really do impact on the quality of the vibration, I think, of um, on, on which we feel ourselves to be living. I think this also connects directly with this question of the great invocation. Um, I I want to say just briefly that um, I think it really, it really is important our own connections and sense of connection with this instrument, which belongs to no one of us individually and certainly not either to the group. Um, And that the perspectives that we bring um really they're all important um from my own experience in working in education and my long experience in the martial arts they're really colored how i look at this mantra and so um it tends to mean that everything that i read and hear and see in connection with the great invocation i tend to look at sooner or later through the lens of what it means for our learning and our teaching and what it means in terms of ourselves as workers with energy, um, especially in the kind of ritualized context of martial arts. So there is, of course, a great deal that could be said around all of that. But it comes down, I think, what's relevant here is, for me, is that with the tremendous amount of energy and potencies that we sometimes intuit or slightly taste or get insights into, um, of what is involved in this question of invoking and the invocation of higher centers of livingness and of energy, both on our planet and beyond. What does it mean to me today and maybe especially tomorrow on the Gemini full moon day. And how does all of these these tremendous uh, forces, experiences, possibilities, how do they land with me today? How am I going to spend the day? I was particularly struck with um, Emmanuel's reminder that in fact, this full moon um, marks 77 years since the giving out of the great invocation to humanity. I was struck with that, not only because 77 is two sevens, which in a way brings, brings a seventh ray with an underlying two-ness, the second ray, but also because in my own research into the, the words, there, there are two words in the great invocation which carry that number, 77, as the gross numerological number. The first word that comes is Christ and the second is power. And it seems to me that these abstract numbers, when when we look at them from a certain place, it starts to awaken our our sensitivity to higher possibilities. And the aligning of the, the, the planet tomorrow, through humanity, as many of us as possible, sounding this invocation, it seemed as if the day was chosen, Gemini, full moon, brothers, two brothers, as an opportune time when the elder brothers, by the name by which sometimes um, the members of hierarchy are are known, and, and us as human, as a brotherhood of humanity, can actually align um, better, more closely, more fully, with light and love and power being the the energies that flow. Um, And I tend to see these as a a blending energy of, of higher livingness. So that in some places, the balancing and the rebalancing in our relationships is to do with more love in, in others, it's more intelligence. The love is not in question, but it's the intelligence and the creative intelligence of how to solve practical solutions on the ground, practical problems on the ground. So at other times, it's really just more power is needed, the power to stand. and and articulate what it is we believe in, the values we hold to be dear, rather than to be quiet on them, et cetera. So I I just want to to close by thanking everyone who's spoken so far um, and to acknowledge that at the end of the day, um, with all the words and the many, many words, part perhaps of our work, um, especially tomorrow, is to sound and do our work in all simplicity, and I believe that this, the greatest simplicity with which we can work, I for one will be kind of listening for what is not said, for the, for the subtler counterparts um, of all that we are hoping and saying through these words. So, I should end there. Thank you. Thank you.
1: May I come in and uh, yes. add to this very beautiful
7: um, aspects? Uh, my personal, should I say, um, experience, or you will see what I mean. Um, of course, I was struck particularly of these uh, seven, seven, seven years that uh, he also said, and also that uh, um, if the correct invocation is observed since uh, 1952, we have also exactly 70 years till now, 22. Uh, but the point that really uh, bothered me, so to say, is everywhere extends in June 19, uh, 1945, June. 1952, Uh, June uh, 1936, and in these nine years was the decision of the Christ, uh, the point of decision to reappear and to have his visible presence on Earth. And at the end is June. What is June? Why June? Why it is given in the month of June? And of course it. uh, Takes into consideration all the the three spiritual festivals. And it looks to me as if it is um, a celestial ritual taking place. As Eduardo said, many things happen on higher levels. And um, I came to in an in an old book. Uh, written 600 A.D., which supposed to epitomize or summarize very ancient wisdom. It comes from um, Johannes Lydus, um, and is called On the Months. It's written in Latin and Greek, Mensibus, and there one can see, or I could see, the names and behind the names of the months, how they unfold, how the, the plan is unfolded so to say, um, and, and it looks like this to me. It starts like the spiritual year with Aries. The month is called March and it is like forward March. It gives A signal, um, a wake-up signal like a military trumpet, um, awakening, inaugurating a time of spring. And then we come slowly to April, which is from Abriere, open, and is governed by Venus, according to Johannes Lewis which we relate, of course, with the mind and, and the alter ego of our Earth. And then comes May, which supposed to have taken the name its name from Mea, uh, the mother of Mercury, Hermes, with the father of gods, with Zeus, it's the offspring of Zeus. But Mea, connected with May in Greek and in other languages, I think, is also the midwife, the one that brings from the other side to, 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 the, to our side, let's say, to the, to the physical plane. And May is connected, as I have mentioned also in another talk, with gives its name to mayoris, meaning the majors meaning the elder brothers. And we can also see that it's not only our hierarchy, but can be also the more exalted beings that are connected also with extraterrestrial powers because at the Wesak, we are talking about uh, the spirit of peace, the um, synthesis standing behind the Christ, meaning that it comes from very uplifted levels. And then we have um, June as, uh, as the month coming from Juno, which is the Latin name for Hera, the wife of Zeus, meaning the, um, the queen of, uh, of the gods or something like this. And uh, it's connected also with uh, the juniors, meaning juniors. Up, up to now, it is like uh, static pictures, but if one can see it in motion unfolding, then we can, in, in time-lapse, let's say, then we can, one can see how with a, the with a sound, of the march of the, of the trumpet uh, gives an injunction to open for an opening, might it be conscious, might, consciousness, might be mind or something, uh, for the elder to open a direct channel from very far above to the juniors, to the hmm. juniores.
1: To the um, sons of man, and this was for me very. Uh, re- um,
7: it gave it gave a sort of uh, geometry, so to say. It gave a pattern. It gave I could I could see it, or I could paint it, so to say. Um, So the the Great Invocation is also connected with this, because it connects the three first stanzas, can be connected with the three um, solar systems, how, how with the Great Bear, Sirius, and the Pleiades. And also to mention that Mea is one of the seven sisters of May. So everything is connected. And because it is a solar event, even an extraterrestrial event, as I said, um, this is also the reason why the great invocation, apart from a seventh ray mandram, is called a solar instrument. And and we know that uh, Gemini is connected with the heart of the sun. And from the heart of the sun, through the hierarchy, and through the heart of the hierarchy, the Christ, it precipitates on earth. And it's not only a sound, it's not only word forms, but I think that we are um, closely to see it, to to, to be possible for us to see the whole um, pattern and um, connect with it. And be that, not just
1: pronounce that, not just uh, to be impregnated, let's say, because it is it is something that can uh,
7: impress upon us in all its function and and uh, vibration and uh, and
1: its usefulness to to bring ahead the plan of God. Thank you, Christina. In listening to everybody's words, uh,
8: the only thing I can think to add Um, is my meditation lately on light supernal
1: and its connection to the Great Invocation. When I was trying to understand the word supernal, I came upon a quote by the Tibetan in problems of humanity in which he described
8: that the Lord of the world pours his
1: supernal consciousness into the world. And it made me think about the role that humanity is being prepared to play
8: and how we are moving into the Aquarian age and being prepared to work in a group fashion and that the light that we are being asked to work with is the light supernal,
1: which is the light of the consciousness of the Lord of the world. and that we can't do it other than as a group
8: because light supernal is a synthetic light. It's like full spectrum light. When you think about fluorescent light, there's something called full spectrum, which includes all of the different vibrations of light along the full spectrum of light. And so what else but a group would be needed to
1: focus that synthetic light? And
8: the great invocation to me is connected to this because it is one of the ways we're being asked to focus that light. It's a scientific formula or mantra, but within its construction is represented all of the seven rays, all of the different lights.
1: And so we say it as a group. We say it as a way to focus light
8: supernal into the world. We say it as a way to bridge light supernal, from Shambhala, through hierarchy, through the new group of world servers and down into
1: humanity. So it's not surprising to me that this
8: is a seventh ray invocation and that it's being used to do this very thing of connecting the highest with the
1: lowest.
0: Thank you, Maya, and thank you all know, Ka- of you.
3: If I just, just mm-hmm. one one thought, Kathy, if you let sure. me, please. Sure. Yeah. Because uh, well, we have connected the Great Invocation with the seventh ray, yes. uh, and it will necessarily lead us to recognize its magical power of precipitation, Mm -hmm. as many of us have said today. For instance, today I could not think of closing a meditation without this mantra, and I was remembering that we are told that an essential culmination of any magical work, a thoughtful form-building uh, is when the creator projects this creation and thus releases the energy. And in this sense, I, th- I think that the power inherent in the great invocation can be seen in the fact that each of the stanzas refer to one or other of the three aspects of divine energy. Yeah. And humanity is revealed as the point where these energies meet. Yeah. And I think that holds a great secret of, of its magical inherent power.
0: Yes, thank you. I'm, I'm sorry, we've gone over time, but maybe we could see still have a, a few minutes for anyone from the audience who's still able to be with us, who might want to raise their hand a brave soul following upon all these wonderful communications from our speakers. Um, Would anyone like to share something? Well, there's many comments in the chat box. Oh, there's someone, okay. Lucille, Lucilla, Oh, Thank you.
6: I'm totally new here, but I'm only here for the second time, but everything I've heard the last time and this time really does resonate. I know that we're going through a period of change that's clear with everything that's happening in the world. And I've, I feel um, blessed, graced to have been able to listen to you and to be able to join this group um, on these two occasions. But I just wanna know how do I move this connection forward? So if somebody can you know, just give me some guidance on how I connect, who I connect to, in order to be able to join one of these triangle groups because I think that what you're doing is extremely important and really powerful
0: and most necessary at this time. Well, thank you. I think I saw that you had written asking to form a triangle in the chat box and I think two other people have agreed to do that so we'll connect you with them and you can form a triangle and we and
8: how would you connect me shape should I, should I put my phone number in the chat box or do
0: you uh, to register you had to give us your email so i'll we'll have your email okay good all right thank you so right. much for joining with us thank, thank you. you bye-bye and um sam let's see uh trying to ask you to unmute your oh
9: Let's see. Ask you. There you go. Sam, hello. Uh, hello. Thank you all. Wonderfully inspiring. And um, I mean, so much of all we learn comes from all of us and what we share and from the school and the Lucius Trust. And um, I just wanted to put in a couple of two really simple examples that have happened over this wonderful time. And... Um, One was I was looking at a plug and I saw that, you know, I I think this is true everywhere in the world, but we have three wires for every plug to bring in electricity into our homes. And um, you could see them as because you've got positive, the neutral and the live. And they could represent all three um, of the main rays. Um, coming into our homes, as an example. And another simple little thing was I was putting three um, drops of essential oil in my bath and it didn't matter where the water moved to, but it always stayed and formed a triangle, which, of course, doesn't happen with the square. So it's just simple things to say. These miracles are everywhere showing that we are on the right path. So thank you for all you. of you and all day.
0: Thank you, Sam. All right, well, we will certainly share the chat with all of our speakers and thank you all so much for contributing. Um, just one final thought that came to my mind when I was listening is that phrase that's added to the ancient mantra, a final phrase that the Tibetan has given lead us from chaos to beauty and he gives a visualization accompanying it and sometimes i use that when i'm sounding the great invocation visualizing our planet the top of our planet with a great sun and radiating out forth from that sun is a translucent energy from each of the seven rays which he asks us to use and see as covering and maybe we might say healing the harsh colors that are presently surrounding our planet and overriding them with this um, translucent synthetic energy and i think when we sound the great Invocation, that's what we're doing and so let's just close with a moment of silence visualizing the planet perhaps overshadowed by that sun and radiating energy
1: of the rays, seven rays. And we sound the om. Om. Thank you.